Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to use the checks and balances in the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, to reject revolution and stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Hey, you know what? I've been keeping track of the Ken Cromar case, ladies and gentlemen. And as you know, Ken Cromar, political prisoner, his wife's Barbara. So Ken and Barb, or Ken and Barbie, taking on the IRS. Well, that IRS case wrongfully prosecuted against Ken Cromar, in my humble opinion, to which I'm entitled, because they didn't follow due process. And the unconstitutional IRS needs to be shut down. But anyway... Uh, the abuse goes on, and they morph the case from issue to issue to issue to issue. It's one of the ways you know you got a political prisoner. When whatever they start out with charges that then eventually go away and change, and before you know it, man, you got case after case after case, and they're throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sick to see what sticks. It doesn't end. They're out of control. They got to stop. Well, anyway, the point is that uh, poor um, Ken Cromar is in the Davis County. And he jokingly calls it the D.C. prison, the Davis County prison. They moved him from Weber, which is a step up to some degree. They gave him some discovery a day late and a dollar short because supposedly his trials this Friday. I don't know what's going on with all this, but ladies and gentlemen, political prisoner Ken Cromar is in the D.C. correctional facility right now. Uh, and our prayers are with him. You can't really talk to his wife. Um, you know, they say that he's a flight risk, but it's a lie. He's not a flight risk. He never was a flight risk until they decided to deny due process and arrest him on the spot. Offer due process to Ken Cromar. I promise you, you will not have a flight risk. That's just my opinion. But if it can happen to Barbie and Ken, ladies and gentlemen, it can happen to you. Miracles in God we trust.com is their website to learn more, to donate, to keep up with what they're doing and everything else. They want to jail us all, ladies and gentlemen. That's really the bottom line. Uh, anyway, Sam plays an interview that I just did with Ken from prison. Here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got Ken Cromar. This is the broadcast for, what is it, today the 9th? Yes. It is the 9th. I've got Ken Cromar. You are where, Ken? I am in the Davis County Jail. I was moved on Halloween Day from the Weber County Jail in Ogden to the Farmington Davis County Jail, which is D.C. It's kind of ironic. It's D.C., much like Washington, D.C. What do you mean it's, what do you mean it's D.C.? Well, Davis County. And so, you know, we <laughs> talk about the D.C. gulag. Well, I'm in one. It's just a different one. It's one in Utah. There you go. Now, is it, yeah. is it better or worse than the uh, other jail you were in? Good question. It is much more professional. The um, the Weber County Jail is is in a is a, is a train wreck of a jail um, for many many reasons. Rights being denied, blocking of legal mail, phones that that simply cut out 
I, I was having to make six, seven phone call attempts before it finally busts through. Sometimes the person would hear me. Most of the time the call never even shows on their phone, stuff like that. And it's talk about time sucking, but, but finally getting a call through, stuff like that. But worst of all, for, from a physical aspect, my life was endangered. People were worried about me inside there, knowing what my, my circumstance was. But maybe the greatest danger was the black mold that was on the ceiling right outside the door of my cell um, with uh, a group of 12. But my, my bunk being the closest to it for two months, I was right by black mold. We complained. We talked about it. There were even a couple of OSHA guys that were uh, former you know, OSHA uh, certified type people that, that knew about this. And they said, this, when this sort of thing happens, they have to bring in the health department. Somebody needs to call the health department into that jail to get it. And I'm told that jails have been shut down and demolished because once you get black mole into the air ducts and whatnot, you can't get it out and it has to be demolished is what has happened, I'm told. Um, but anyway, back to Davis, um, we, I finally got the laptop, the famous laptop with all the discovery that was promised and required to be given to me by September 19th. It finally happened 47 days late. And, and I, I got the laptop on Monday at 1.18 p.m. They pulled me into a room and said, here's the laptop. Well, what they said was on the laptop originally, they said there were 697 files. But in the time of their, their lapse of the 47 days, they found 575 more files. So in total, it's 1,272 files of discovery that I have to, to, to look over. <laughs> and, and trial's coming on the 11th of December. It's already been put off. It would have happened on Tuesday. Trial would have started on Tuesday, November 7th. But we had to ask for a continuance because of the failure of the uh, prosecution, the United States government, in their claims against us, which was in itself a denial of constitutional right to a speedy trial because they failed to provide the stuff so that, that we could be on, t on target. So, Sam, the simple answer is um, it appears that there is – oh, I didn't tell you. There's a cord there appears to be a coordinated effort to block me from being able to get any of my research team materials, drafts of, of documents, um, other filings from other cases to, so I can study and pull my pieces together to write my own filings. And they're not allowing it into the jail. They wouldn't do it in Weber, and they said that the reason for moving to Davis was so that I could actually have access within the jail's rules. Well, sure enough, I get the laptop on Monday, and, and, they, and Roland Brunson had brought in a document that I needed to get notarized so it could be filed with the court, but he also brought some additional research. And they, and they said, yeah, no problem. We'll just do the normal procedure where we look, up, we look at each page up against the light to make sure there's no drug liquid. I guess they can bring drug juice in on paper. I don't know, but that's what they tell me. And um, we just look at the pages, and fine, you can have it. And I said, great, please call the U.S. Marshal who has three, inch, three inches worth of material from Rollin Brunson way back from our October 19th hearing in the court at, in Salt Lake, that that was supposed to be handed off to me in the Weber County Jail. And the day before they transferred me out, the, the, the uh, Sergeant Stewart, who's in charge of all that sort of thing, the legal, 
said, sorry, you don't get these documents. Why? They're right in your hand right there. I, I can reach out and touch them. He says, nope, they're in a plastic bag because the manila envelope that's inside was opened by who? I don't know. He says, I don't know who opened it, but therefore I can't take the liability that you would claim that I looked at your legal mail, so you don't get your legal mail. I said, that's strange. Why don't we just look at each page? I don't care if you look and see that, that there's legal material there or not, which is what their rules are. He says, nope, sorry, not going to do it. I'm sending it back. So Mark Thompson, the U.S. Marshal, got the materials and was supposed to get them into me here at the jail, and then he says, before I got transferred into the D.C. jail, we're not going to let, they're not going to let you have them. But sure enough, when I get the laptop, they said, sure, you can have them. But two hours later, the prosecutor, I'm told, had called into the jail and said, you can't, he can't have their research. They're not bar attorneys. Therefore, they, he can't have the research. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, stop. What law determines what research you can have or use in a court of law? Exactly. They're making this stuff up. They say you have to have a bar attorney. Nobody else is going to be able to represent you in, in the court. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, you don't. This is America, not China. You don't have to have a bar attorney. That's what the, that's what Magistrate Dustin Pete said. Unless they're a bar attorney, they will not be allowed to have um, to be considered your counsel, uh, assistance of counsel, as per the Constitution. You have a right to your choice of assistance of counsel. And that's what the Constitution says. There's nothing about bar attorneys in there. But if you have a bar attorney, the, if, you, if they've passed the bar, they've already crossed the line in terms of a conflict of interest. That's correct. So you have to have a conflict of interest, work for the court first, you second, a uh, person who's playing a game with you and actually steals your power of attorney. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I do. But a, that bar attorney is signing documents in your name behind the scenes. In fact, if you were convicted, Sam, did you know this? That there's three people that sign it. The judge, the prosecutor, and you. Well, I never signed my document that said I was guilty. Oh, that's right. It was your attorney that did it, and he didn't even tell you that he did it. But he signed it for you because you hired him and you gave him your power of attorney, but he didn't tell you that. But that's okay. Too bad. You go to jail. So, when's your court case again? When's the next uh, hearing? We're supposed to start trial on the 7th of November, which was Tuesday. This, this week, we've already passed that. It's Thursday now. But now it's been moved to December 11th, and it appears that they know what they're doing, and they're just trying to get a continuance to just stretch this out into next year, literally. And this is what they did to the Bundys. Well, which is good and bad because you want time to be able to research things and you need to be able to get the information for your defense, which if they're obstructing that, that's a serious problem. Uh, it's, you know, withholding exculpatory information, which through the whole case for Ammon Bundy, by the way, in Ammon's favor against a criminal prosecution, uh, might the same thing happen for you? Yeah, how did it turn uh, to, to their favor in that regard? Tell me, because I'm not aware of that nuance. Well, so Ammon Bundy was literally, uh, they had a whistleblower, and they were starting to put so much stuff out on the public record and the court record that people didn't like it. And so they just simply, um, you know, said that the federal government, the FBI, was withholding exculpatory evidence in Ammon Bundy's case, and the judge got mad at the FBI, said they were criminals and threw the whole thing out, and Ammon was guilty of nothing. Yep, there you go. And we're in the exact same boat. 
I'm in the exact same boat. The, they, they, the warrant was not even signed by a judge, and the federal rule of criminal procedure number four, rule four, says must be signed by a judge. Not the clerk, uh, excuse me, a clerk signed it, but it wasn't even the clerk of the court. It was a assistant clerk, a deputy clerk or something. And it's like, that's not a judge. That warrant was illegal. Well, and my question I've is if a deputy, if a deputy assistant clerk can sign it um, without authority because it's required by law to have a judge, then why can't anybody sign it? Well, yeah, so it's, so it's just as invalid uh, no matter who signs it, if it's not a judge. That's my point. And a judge is not a magistrate. Well, they, they may fudge that one, but, but they better, it's not signed. It's just not signed. All right, so what about the discovery on your laptop? Do you think it helps your case a lot, or do you think they're giving oh, you limited yes. discovery? Yes. Now, I, I, there's no way that I'm going to effectively and very quickly get through 1,272 files. But in a quick cursory look, I found so much information that creates a rope. It weaves a rope that they're going to hang themselves with. My information, we are... By the way, let's book. be clear. This hang themselves is a figurative discussion, people. Yeah, figurative, figurative, figurative. Them, themselves, not, not me. I have nothing to do with it. And, and we're not but, talking about hanging anybody physically. We're just telling you that they are sowing. Uh, you know what? What they reap, they sow is what we're trying to get at. Exactly. Exactly. And, and sad that you have to explain that because people don't, don't understand or they try to use that against you. Yeah, the people understand. What happens is those who are criminals try to use this against us and say that we said yes. things we did not say out of context. And that's why I'm being so specific. I know it's goofy, yes. but it's necessary. So let me give you an example. Well, one of the things that I found in the material, and I cannot remember the exact name, but the FBI uh, has a terrorism task force. That might be what it's called. Like, it sounds about right what I remember reading. Terrorism task force, the TTF is what they sicked on me. What in the world are you talking about? I'm a terrorist? Ken Cromar? Quiet little Ken Cromar. Well, remember, remember, Ken, they set the precedence for this when they said the Hammonds, an, an elderly couple in their 70s who were trying to you know, protect their own land and who let a, fi a fire get a little out of control. Backfires burned all the time. It happens. The government's guilty of it plenty of times as well. Yes. They literally said the Hammonds were terrorists as well. This is the new plan to take down anybody they disagree with under the guise of terrorism. And so far, the American people are stupid enough to fall for it. And if your audience understands the point on this, is if it's a terrorism um, label, that allows them to do, it's basically throughout the Constitution is really why they use it. So that appears to be what's happening with me, too. They deem you an enemy combatant behind the scenes. Yes, yes, yes. Therefore, they can do anything and everything that they want behind the scenes and uh, the law be hanged. Um, and it's like, that's crazy. But this is the America we're in, friends. Um, I would be so grateful for your prayers, anybody who's listening, to remember Barbie and Ken Cromar versus Goliath IRS. I would tell you, though, that I, I trust in the Lord, and I believe that this is his battle, not ours. They're setting a stage for a trial that is very likely to be won by the Lord's hand, and I have no idea how that happens. That's why they call it impossible. And that's what that's what Christ and His Father do is the impossible. And so, what what is that? I don't know, but I trust Him that this is His battle. This will be His victory, and this IRS will be fully exposed. And a list of criminals who have aided and abetted criminal 
conspiracy. You have one minute remaining. Against me. We're down to less than a minute, my friend. Um, prayers would be appreciated. Miraclesingodwetrust.com. You can go to and look at the Barbie and Ken's greatest videos. You can also go to uh, CedarHillCitizens.org where you can... All right, we're about out of time. Can you accept visitors now? Um, I think so. Call into the jail at the Davis County in Farmington to find out how that is done. I have no way of getting that information. I'll work on it. Yeah. God bless you, oh, sir. In fact, I know you can. I know you can. Perfect. I've seen others do it. I just, my people have had no luck getting in. Sam, love, I love America. I love my family, my, my wife, and God bless America and all those who stand up for what's right and true. We'll talk soon, sir. Thank you so much. God bless. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, we're going to keep an eye on the Ken Cromar case. And let me explain the reason that I'm so interested in his case. Number one, Ken is a dear, personal, trusted, good friend. And I am convinced that Ken Cromar is harmless. I am convinced that Ken Cromar is not a flight risk. And I am convinced that Ken Cromar absolutely loves his God, his family, and his country. And I've known him for 20-plus years. I've spent a lot of time with him. I've worked with him on a lot of projects personally and professionally. And I'm telling you right now, I know his heart and know him as a person. Furthermore, I know his family. His daughter and my daughter went to school together and were good friends. I know his wife. His wife knows my wife. All right, we know their family. They are great, religious, honorable, moral people who are full of integrity. The guy is a brilliant, talented filmmaker and storyteller. Uh, and I have sat in business meetings helping him negotiate contracts uh, as a consultant, um, making sure that the I's are dotted and T's are crossed when it comes to contracts. Uh, look, I'm a, contra I'm a consultant for all kinds of things. HR, IT, uh, negotiations. I mean, I, I've done it all for decades in the business world. Anyway, I digress. It's not about me. But I, I want you to understand that I know him personally. And I've watched his behavior relating to, to the loss of large chunks of money uh, and how he behaves himself and conducts himself. I've literally gone down to the police station when he was threatened by government officials and literally virtually uh, assaulted by government officials. And I've been there while he's filed the police reports saying I'm fearing for my life because of the hostility of these people. I've seen him in all these situations and he has remained peaceful. You say, Sam, your idea about he's not a flight risk is bogus because you know what, Sam? He took off. We had to hunt him down and capture him. Ladies and gentlemen, the only reason that happened is because they did not give him due process. They did not let him gather the evidence to defend himself. They did not let him walk into court as a free man, make his case, let the trial proceed completely, uh, whether it came to convictions or not, appeals would still be in the making. Um, and they literally tried to arrest him. And without due process, he said, I'm not going to let you violate my due process. So he took off. Now, that's not a flight risk. He didn't leave the country. He merely wants due process of law. He merely wants the ability to have his day in court 
And day in court doesn't mean come down to the courthouse and on your way you find out that they're ready to arrest you when you get there. That isn't what we're talking about, and that's what happened. Okay? Ken Cromar is not a flight risk. He's an honorable, peaceful, gentle, kind person. And all evidence through his whole life, he's 60-plus years old, and he's never had a problem with the law. In fact, he was a city council member for the city that he lived in for a number of years. He's a well-known filmmaker, producer, uh, etc. Uh, and he uh, has been known as a peaceful guy, a servant in his church and in his community for a long time. And what happened is the IRS said he owed taxes, and he said, I've paid all my appropriate taxes. And they said, no, you haven't. He said, yes, I have. And rather than go to court to, quote, duke that out, do or via the due process plan, via the First Amendment, if you have a redress of grievance, you go to the courts. They literally just took his house. They literally just violated his life. They literally circumvented due process at every turn. That is the quintessential problem here. They didn't wait for the court proceedings to occur. They literally kicked him out of and took his house. They literally brought in SWAT team thugs and hostily threw him in jail. They failed to sign documents regarding search warrants or regarding um, anything that relates to uh, his supposed arrest or etc. They haven't dotted the I's and crossed the T's at all. They're violating due process. We appealed to the sheriff to help say, Sheriff, you don't have to pick sides in this case, but please stand up for his due process. The sheriff failed. He was derelict in his duty. We even had myself and Sheriff Richard Mack plea with the county sheriff to do the right thing and say, look, I'm not picking sides in this, but I do demand due process for my citizen. The sheriff refused. All he'd say to me is, Sam, I believe they've already afforded due process. And now we've got to debate what due process is. Well, the due process is clearly defined in many places. It's easy to understand. You get your day in court. You get the chance to uh, cross-examine your witnesses. Face your accusers. You get all the information relating to the allegations made against you. It's called discovery. You get transparency. You don't get this withholding exculpatory evidence or delaying the ability to deliver uh, information necessary to defend yourself and then claim you've given due process. You don't put people behind bars and say, we won't let you out on bail because you're a flight risk. Well, the only reason there is a flight risk, supposedly, um, is because that's what they claim without evidence. The fact is you don't violate due process and threaten to arrest people or take their homes in the middle of court cases. You don't do that. That's what they did, and that is the problem. Anyway, I'll leave this alone for now, but I'm telling you we're going to keep an eye on this case for our dear friend Ken Cromar. I wrote a letter uh, to the judge, a friend of the court, whatever you call those letters, saying Ken Cromar is a dear friend, articulating what I've kind of laid out on the radio. Let, it, let him go. Let him make his own defense. He will not flee if you guys play by the rules. If you guys obey the law, if you afford due process, transparency, you don't withhold exculpatory evidence, you do the right thing, Ken Cromar will cooperate. But you violate the law, and he's forced to preserve his ability to defend himself. And I don't mean physically necessarily. 
Obviously, every time they've arrested him, he's been peaceful. He hasn't been armed and caused a ruckus and been confronted and challenged or ran from the cops or done any of those things. He's cooperated. But he's merely politely said, hey, I'm not receiving due process here. I'm not receiving the information that I need in discovery to put up a fair defense. I don't trust the attorneys. I want to do it myself. They're denying him all those God-ordained rights. The Founding Fathers wanted to err on the side of the innocent. Ken Cromar's innocent until proven guilty, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that. And even if he's convicted, there's always appeals. All right, I'll keep up on this for everyone. MiraclesInGodWeTrust.com Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. The House has passed a stopgap bill that will prevent a government shutdown. Dave Collins has the details. The House voted in favor of a Republican plan to fund some departments until mid-January and the rest through early February at current spending levels. The bill now heads to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Chuck Schumer said he would pass the legislation as soon as possible. The House Speaker knows who he's supporting in the presidential election. The newly appointed Speaker of the House, Louisiana Republican Mike Johnson, expressed his full support for Donald Trump to run for president again in 2024 during an appearance on CNBC. I have endorsed him wholeheartedly. Uh, Look, I was uh, one of the closest allies that President Trump had in Congress. He had a phenomenal first term. Those first two years, as you all know, we brought about the greatest economic numbers in the history of the world, not just the country, because his policies worked. And I'm, I'm all in for President Trump. Johnson, who was endorsed by Trump as a tremendous congressman respected by everybody during his nomination for speaker last month, was part of the congressional Republicans who backed Trump's post-2020 election efforts to remain in power. I'm John Schaefer. Tensions escalated at a congressional hearing with union leaders when Oklahoma Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen stood up, seemingly challenging Teamsters President Sean O'Brien to a fight. Senator Bernie Sanders intervened, instructing Mullen to sit down and conduct himself appropriately as a senator. President Biden is actively working to improve the relationship with China. We're not trying to decouple from China. What we're trying to do is change the relationship for the better. Biden told reporters that his intention is to restart military communications. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and use promo 
code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each Pure Ground Burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. I don't even know how to respond to this deal here, folks. Um, I, I just, all right, here it is. Let me just kind of take it on. I'm hesitating because I want to be very polite. I want to be very pers- uh, respectful. I want to be civil. But I want to disagree. How do I do that in a meaningful, productive, appropriate way? Let's try it. Let's see how I do. Headline says this. Glenn Beck writes letter to the prime minister of the Israel begging for citizenship. Now, I have a problem with that because I don't believe in dual citizenship at all. It's a matter of allegiance, first of all. Is your allegiance to Israel or to the United States? Uh, And you would say, well, Sam, we're aligned. It's the same. No, it's not. We have a supreme law of the land, the Constitution. They don't. We have the right to keep and bear arms. They do in a very limited fashion. All right? That's just for starters. Now, I don't know what Israel is either. Let me explain. I don't know what a Jew is either, which we'll get to. But what is Israel? Is Israel the biblical reference of Jacob's name was changed to Israel? If so, that means this man that was given promises, a covenant with God, for his 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Jacob, or the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah only being one of those tribes. So I'm in a worldwide Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a member, and our goal is to gather Israel. That doesn't mean just gather Judah or gather this, quote, lines drawn on a map by governments. Okay? That's not what it means. So I debate that. I also debate the term Jew. I don't know what a Jew is. Do you? Do you know what a Jew is, folks? Because I really don't. Let me explain. Is a Jew a race? Well, no, Sam, it's not a race, by golly. Okay, well, what about the tribe of Judah? That's one of the 12 tribes. I don't come from that tribe. I come from the tribe of Joseph. One of the 12 brothers. One of the younger ones that was sold into Egypt. And I believe my lines come from Joseph through Ephraim. One of Joseph's sons. I digress. But in that sense, it's a race. Well, no, Sam, it's not a race. It's a, it's, it's a religion. Anybody can convert. Okay. So they don't believe Christ came yet. We do believe Christ came. So there's a fundamental difference. Do we have to argue and fight about it? No, we don't. I accept their right to not believe Christ came, just as they should respect my right to believe Christ 
came. But what is a Jew? Tell me the difference between an Orthodox and a Reformed Jew, for example, if you want to dig in, shall we? They don't believe in the same things. One's very relaxed and one's very traditional. See? So I don't really know what a Jew is, and I don't mean to be mocking with that. I respect the Jewish religion. I respect those who consider their heritage Jewish. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think they're great people. And I can get along with them just fine. I don't have a divide with them at all. But when you ask for dual sovereignty, I have a problem with that, not because I'm against the Jew, not because I'm anti-Semitic. I don't want you to have dual sovereignty with any other country. However, listen carefully. Glenn Beck has the right to write a letter to this prime minister and ask for citizenship. If he wants to beg for citizenship of Israel, hey, he has every right to do that. I don't agree with him, but he has the right to do it. Now, then I reported on that, and we played the soundbite where he read his letter to the prime minister. We played that about a week or so ago. But now Glenn doubles down and digs into this even further, and I disagree with Glenn. I'll explain what I mean. And I don't mean to be hostile. I don't mean to attack Glenn. But I do bring this up on air because I want to let people know we can have differences of opinion and be friends. I'm entitled to my opinion, and so is Glenn. And if we both are national public figures, celebrities, whatever you want to call it, commentators, um, why don't you hear both of our views and you all can make up your own mind on what you think. Do you think Sam's right? Do you think Glenn's right? Do you think we're both wrong? Do you think a combination of Sam's part right and Glenn's part right? By all means, have at it because you, in America, have the right to your own opinion. Do you not? See, I don't back Israel and I don't back Hamas. I think we ought to stay the heck out of the war. Whenever either of them commit atrocities, I'm against it. Whenever either of them do the right thing, I'm in support of that right thing based on principle. I may not agree with what you say, but I agree that you have the right to say it. And this applies to Israel, Hamas, Glenn Beck, Jews, Muslims, Christians, Sam, you, everyone. But here's the point. Here's what Glenn is now working on. Headline, but seriously, why are the Jews so hated? Glenn Beck over at The Blaze um, found some research about this. Why are the Jews so hated? It's a question that demands an answer especially when we're on the verge of Holocaust 2.0. Now, I don't think we're on the verge of Holocaust 2.0, folks, at all. Um, I think the Holocaust was evil and wrong. I am not a Holocaust denier. I don't trust what the government told us. I don't believe all the facts we've been told in the revisionist view of history are real. But I also know the Holocaust existed, and I don't deny it in any way. Now, they say experts, scientists, and historians have set out to find out answers to these questions. And they came up with five different reasons, explains Glenn Beck. <clears throat> now, one, Jews are hated because they're an inferior race. All right, now, they say Glenn knows this research is rubbish and easily disprovable. So I'm going to try to go to the question and then the rebuttal because it's confusing. There's five things. 
One, Jews are hated because they're an inferior race. And he says this, rebuttal one, Jewishness, I don't know if that's a word, but there you go. Jewishness is not a race. Any person, creed, or color can convert to Judaism. Again, I'm not here to argue this, but I don't know what that means when you say a Jew. Is it a race? Well, if you come from the tribe of Judah, it's a race. Unless you say, well, hey, all the brothers were the same race. Okay. Then we all go back to Adam and Eve. And we're all the same race, are we not? So how do we have these discussions? See, to me, you reject the race divide. And you stand on the general principle that says we're all God's children. Let's act like it. Let's behave like it. Let's be kind to one another. Um, so there you have it. Now, before I go on, I want to make this very clear. They say, why are the Jews so hated? It's a question that demands an answer. I don't think the Jews are hated any more than other people are hated. I think there's hate in this world and there's love in this world. And I personally do not hate anyone. Okay? I respect the Jews to call it a religion, call it a race. Whatever they want to do is fine with me. I just want to let them believe what they want to believe. And I want to believe what I want to believe. And I hope we can agree to disagree on what we don't agree on. I hope we can be kind and work together on what we do agree on. And I hope we can just let it go. Number two, Jews are hated because they have too much wealth and power. Okay, they possess too much wealth and power is why they're hated. Rebuttal two, there are some well-off Jews, but there are mere millions of poor and downtrodden Jews as well. Okay, you're right, Glenn Beck, on that fact. Let me tell you where you're wrong. Where you're wrong is that Jewish power and influence does own significant portions of the control of society. That is not debatable. But is it because of their religion? Is it because of their race? Is it because of the boundaries drawn on a map over there in Israel or whatever? No. I believe it's because friends hang out. And people and families spend time together. Okay? Look at the dynasty family of the Bidens. Look, Hunter's rich because Joe's rich. Joe's rich because he worked the American system against the people. And he should be prosecuted and thrown in jail for it. Now, is Joe Biden a Jew? I don't, okay. So where do you go? So I don't think it's a grand old conspiracy. But I do think that when people say, hey, the Jewish people control a lot of things, that's true. Anytime anybody has money and somebody else doesn't have money, there's a pride factor that creates a divide. Go ahead and skip the break. But it has nothing to do with the Jews are hated because they're rich. It has everything to do with because they exert control with their wealth over the rest of us. I'll prove it. They've created this term in the media called anti-Semitic. You can only be anti-Semitic if you're against the Jew. No other group, just the Jew. Man, I wish I had a special word to say everybody was against me. But I digress, except to say this. I believe hatred towards anybody is evil and wrong. Love thine enemy, says the Savior, the Prince of Peace, who I follow. Three, Jews are hated because they're different from anyone else. Rebuttal three, quote, Jewish communities often tried to assimilate in the 18th century 
in Europe, they tried desperately to assimilate. How'd that work out for them? I don't know that that's a rebuttal. I don't know that the Jewish communities are trying to assimilate. Go on over there to Brooklyn. Go to New York. And you find right now they have Jewish communities there. You have Chinatown and China communities. You have anytime people have differences, there's going to be mistrust, hatred, and concern. Why? Because they're not used to it. And I'll prove it to you. I'm a blind person. Whenever I walk in anywhere, people just absolutely stare at me. Is it because I'm a Jew? No, it's because I'm blind and anything different from the norm people uh, have concern about and mistrust for. You know, people literally walk up to my wife or to somebody with me and say, would he like a drink? And usually my companion, whoever I'm with, knows enough about me to where they just smile and say nothing because they know I'm going to respond. And I say, yes, he does. He would like a drink. And then they're mortified and embarrassed and and we kind of laugh and blow it off, and I make my point, and then they talk to me for the rest of the time. And then pretty soon, instead of thinking I'm a derelict uh, and an idiot, and they kind of go, oh, wow, he's just blind. Does that mean i got to talk loud? Uh, no, it means I'm right here. It means I'm right here. See, people just misunderstand. Okay, the Jews aren't trying to assimilate. I never had a Jewish person call me up and say, Sam, I'd like to fund your radio network and do a radio show on your network. Because if they did, I would help them syndicate their radio show. I'm all for it. They have every right to their beliefs. I believe in the First Amendment. I will back their right to say it, even if they say things I disagree with. See? So I I don't don't really buy this, that the Jews are, you know, they're the ones trying to assimilate, and everybody just hates them. I don't really buy that, right? Now, here's the next one. Jews are hated because they are the cause of, for all the world's problems. There might be some people that believe that, but I'm certainly not one of them. Rebuttal four, they've been hated because they're an easy target. That's false. They're not an easy target. They've got more money, more wealth, more control of the media than anybody else. In fact, they're a hard target. You say anything inappropriate about a Jew, doesn't matter if it's true or not, doesn't matter if it's a fundamental disagreement or not, you are now an anti-Semite. Doesn't matter if you don't hate Jews in general. If I pick on a specific Jew and say they've done wrong in this, then it's a broad, I've attacked the whole, quote, whatever, race, religion, group, I'm anti-Semitic. See, they've got more protection than everybody else because they've manipulated the media to do so. They've created their own terms to protect themselves. Anti-Semitic is one of them. To prove the point, this idea that they somehow, <laughs> they're not treated fairly or whatever else isn't true. Look, the white American heterosexual male is the biggest defensive target right now in America. The Christian is the big target around the world with virtually no defense. They're persecuted and prosecuted the world over right now. So I disagree with Glenn on this point. Number five, the Jews are hated because they killed Jesus Christ. Rebuttal five from Glenn Beck. I'm pretty sure those were the Romans that killed Jesus Christ. Well, you're kind of right. And you're kind of wrong, Glenn. This is where fact 
checks come in, right? Yes, it's true the Romans killed Jesus Christ. That's all true. But really, the Jews demanded the killing of Christ. Remember, let Barabbas go, kill Christ. Pilate went, oh, this is crazy. How do I appease the Jews? How do I deal with this? How do I deal with the Sadducees and the Pharisees? I don't know what to do. I'm going to wash my hands of it and say, this is on your heads. No, I don't think Pilate got out of harm's way with that idea. Nevertheless, though, the Romans really did the bidding of the Jews, did they not? All right, so I don't really buy that the Romans just killed the Jews. I mean, I guess factually that's true. But but I don't really believe that's factual. Okay? It's kind of like if somebody dies in war. Uh, didn't King David put this guy up front and he died so that King David could kind of have his wife? And he didn't want the adultery to be discovered, so he put his... The husband up front, and he got killed in the war. And who's responsible for that death? The guys that really killed him on the other side of the war or David? See, it's kind of similar here with the Jews. So let's not play games with words. You don't do very well when you, when you deny history and deny culpability. All right? The Southern Poverty Law Center is doing this to me and you right now, Glenn. They're literally saying you and I are terrorists, and they're putting us in harm's way, just like the Family Research Council almost got people killed because of the criminal activity of the Southern Poverty Law Center where people took them seriously and carried that out. I blame that a lot on the Southern Poverty Law Center. So why are Jews so historically hated? Glenn Beck says, I think there's one reason. The Jewish people know who they are. They're the children of Israel. Well, Glenn, under the 12 tribes, aren't I a children of Israel, of Jacob through Joseph? And Ephraim, aren't I part of Israel too? The great gathering of Israel doesn't just relate to the Jews, sir. They're from the promised land, and they're God's chosen people. No, the promised land is the United States of America. Glenn? Yeah, the promised land for other people is in Jerusalem. I get it. But let's not pretend there's one promised land. There's different promised lands for different peoples. He says, Jews have something unique. They have an internal identity. Their ideas have been spoken. And it's identity that is built on traditions, laws, promise, faith in God. A covenant, if you will. A rock of a covenant. And the Jewish people work hard at studying and teaching that covenant. Glenn continues, adding that the Jewish people have handed down the traditions and blessings from one generation to another for thousands of years. Now, I agree, Glenn, with that. But that's not why they're hated. How do I know? Well, Christians have had those kind of same things, right? And in America, since America was founded, we've handed down those traditions and those things. We, along with the Europeans, have a strong biblical reference, right? Now, Christians are hated maybe for the same reason. I might go along there. 
But I don't hate the Jews because they have their religion. In fact, I commend them for that. And I would encourage the Jews, the Muslims, and then the divisions in the Christian sects, along with any other religion, bring all the good your religion has, and let's see if we can add unto it. Bring all that your country has and see if American ideals and American principles can add unto it. Let's not attack people for anything they have that's wrong. Let's work on what we can agree on and see if we can add unto it and bring value to it. Glenn then says, unfortunately, knowing who you are, preserving traditions, customs, and conventions, and holding tight to a faith in God not only makes you a little bit peculiar in today's world, but it also puts a target on your back. Me and Glenn 100% agree with that, whether it's Christians or Jews or anybody else. He says, miraculously, Jews in Israel are extraordinarily positive right now, believing wholeheartedly that they're going to win this, says Glenn, and it's the covenant of God that gives them confidence in a world where the foundations of truth and reality are being destroyed and being distorted. That kind of confidence lends itself to envy says Glenn. I think he's right about all that. I think he's right as rain. Anybody who knows who they are and stands for something, right? All right? Yoda warned us. Envy leads to jealousy. Jealousy leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. And anger leads to the dark side. He's right about that, too. I agree. And when you take an honest look at the world, Glenn Beck says, the dark side seems like a fitting description. He says, I think why the Jews are so hated is it Satan's way to try to win against God. I agree with Glenn again on that. So I agree a lot with what Glenn Beck has to say. But I want to put it in context. This is not a Jewish versus the rest of us discussion. Let me kind of change the battle lines, Glenn. And let me try to change the discussion between love and hate for a second, if I may. Those who follow Christ are full of love. Those who follow Satan are full of hate. Most of us are in between. When you're born you're on God's side, but you're stuck in neutral because you haven't made choices. You're on God's side because he calls you his. He's your father in heaven. But then when you make choices, you choose whom you will enlisteth to obey, to borrow a phrase from the Bible. And so I submit to you that even though the Jews may not believe the same as us about Christ did come, did die, and was resurrected, we fundamentally disagree on that. They believe he hasn't come yet. We say they admit that the Jews have missed the mark. Set aside that divisionary divide for a second and say this. I believe that the Jewish people, the Muslim people, the Christian people, for the most part, have good hearts and good intent. They just want to be left alone. They want to be loved. They want to be with their family. Uh, they want the same. We all want, really, the same things. And I think they're evil people 
in all of society that are from all those groups who are evil, who want destruction, who want to bastardize any of our beliefs in a way that advocates for their cause, whether it's for money, for hate, I don't know what purpose, for control, for tyranny. And there are people that exploit Jews, Christians, Muslims, everyone. And those people who want to control the world are the evil ones. It's really the evil ones who exploit religions and exploit good intentions, the very few that are against the rest of us, the masses who mean well. So do I believe in Israel? No, I don't, because I don't trust Israel's government. I believe the people on the ground, the day-to-day average Israeli, Jewish, or whatever other sect they may be, religious or racially, I don't think matters. I think they're good people that just want a great life for their families. And I want that same thing. So let's stop all the divides that, again, promote or reject Israel or the Jew or any of the. Let's embrace good wherever it's found and reject evil wherever it's found, shall we? And we cannot prevent those battle lines because they began in the war in heaven before we even came to earth. Go study the Bible. You'll find out. Satan and his angels got cast out. And now there's a battle between God and Satan, and we're in the middle and must make choices. What will you do with your agency, ladies and gentlemen? As for me and my house, I will do my best to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I perfect at it? No. Do I have a long way to go? I'm sure so. But do I believe in Jesus Christ and the power of his incredible sacrifice and atonement? Absolutely. Do I think I can save myself? Not even maybe. Do I think I can do what God asks me to do and what my Savior Jesus Christ asked me to do, which is to keep his commandments, to do my best to forgive all men, to do my best to follow the Prince of Peace and advocate for peace? Absolutely. And then after I do my very best, God promises me if I keep his commandments, he will protect me. He will heal my land. And he will eventually seal me his in this epic war. Not because of my merits, but because of the grace, the power, the atonement of Jesus Christ. The only one who can perfectly temper mercy and justice for all of us. Me? The Jew, you, the Muslim, the Christian, the bad guy that decides to repent, all of us have been given a wonderful opportunity by the Lord Jesus Christ. He reaches out, his arms are stretched out still to all of us. Let's start to act like it. Let's provide leadership and let's make a difference on this. So shall we please, my dear fellow Americans, we can be a light on a hill. And that's what I advocate for, and I've done so for more than a quarter of a century. Help me donate at LovingLiberty.net. God, save the Republic of the United States of America.